It's time for a transformation conversation. You are listening to the Get Unstuck podcast with me, your host, Laura Husson. I am delighted to have you here. This podcast was being created to inspire, educate, and facilitate shifts that get you unstuck, clear, and moving in your life and business. Expect tips, advice, and real-life stories of people just like you who've gone from unclear and stuck to create an extraordinary success. It's time to let go of the how and step into the now. Welcome, friends, to a brand new episode and a brand new conversation here on the Get Unstuck podcast. I am your host, Laura Husson, and today I am absolutely thrilled to be bringing you a conversation that I was fortunate enough to have with the beautiful Sophie Brigstock. Now, Sophie is the director and course facilitator at Nurturing Birth, and she helps mental doulas, which is such a beautiful contribution to humanity, is such an essential service in my mind. She's also a breastfeeding supporter. She's been a baby massage teacher. She was even awarded doula of the year in 2017, which is no mean feat. So it's absolutely gorgeous. Sophie has been in my world for the past 18 months, maybe just maybe just slightly longer than that. And we've been on quite the journey together, but no spoilers on that because you are going to be able to hear everything about that as we dive into the conversation. What was so gorgeous to hear Sophie share was the unexpected twists and turns and how she has gone from really needing to know how and answers and strategy and steps to really being in beautiful trust and surrender. I know you're going to love hearing this journey. And of course, if you would like to connect deeper with Sophie, she is going to leave all of that information at the episode. And you can also come and join us in the free The Get Unstuck Collective, which you can come to thegetunstuckcollective.com and join us in our Facebook group and hang out with us there to go deeper beyond this episode. So let's dive right into the conversation. Welcome, Sophie, to the Get Unstuck podcast. Thank you very much. It's very, very exciting to be here. I'm really excited to have you on. And I feel like every time I have a guest, I'm always excited. And I feel that I must have better words to use because it sounds so like, yes, well, of course, that's my opener when I have a guest. But I really am excited because the people I'm bringing on and having conversations with right now, like yourself, are people who I have been in a long journey with and have really, I just love having been able to have a side saddle seat to witness the transformation (laughs) journey you've been on so far. (laughs) The side saddle seat. (laughs) We all have got that going forwards. Well, before we dive in, I would love to just pause and I've done your like official introduction, but I would love you to just describe to anybody listening who may not know you, anything that you feel, and it doesn't have to be who you are and what you do, but just anything you feel that would be relevant for them to know about you right now. Mm. Oh gosh. It's funny, isn't it? Like, who are you? And it's always the things that I do or Mm. yeah. 
the qualifications that I have and actually none of that's really relevant is it when it comes to you know who am I but yeah I suppose to kind of put it in a nutshell um, I am Sophie Brigstock I am a birth and postnatal doula a breastfeeding counsellor a baby massage teacher most of my work these days is running nurturing birth so I train and support and mentor doulas 98% of the time. And in addition to that, I am a mum of two extraordinary teenage people and a very proud cat owner. And I live in London, but desire to be in the depths of the countryside wearing my dungarees and growing vegetables. Mm, oh my gosh you had that like down pat that was so you (laughs) you see the thing is Laura I know that bit because you and I have done work together where I've seen that (laughs) (laughs) it's so fun I love that you mentioned your cats too because I feel like your cats have been on this journey with us because what, (laughs) what people who are listening won't know is that Every time we have a call one-on-one together, yeah. Sophie's cats appear. I'm surprised that I can't see them yet. I'm sure well, they're coming. I so. mean, one is literally just walking in the door right now. She's like, oh, Laura's on. I'm going to come and come and say hello. But yeah, they really, really have been on the journey with me, and which doesn't surprise me at all because they have been, you know, very constant companions over the last few very challenging years. So, um, yeah, they're very, very tuned. They are. And I think, you know, obviously I'm a cat owner too, as everybody knows. I love my crazy cats. I turned into the crazy cat lady during lockdown and it was clearly already within me, but I just unlocked it in lockdown. (laughs) And they're just so sensitive. You know, I know that I can be doing the deepest work and they will not come in this room all day. But as soon as I go deep into that, there we go. Hi, cats. (laughs) There she is should have this on Instagram. Um, (laughs) The deeper I go, the more they appear and come into frame. They just appear out of nowhere. So I love that. Absolutely. And yes, I mean, you know, you share a lot on Insta with your cats and particularly Frank, who actually it's it's usually Lily, the one who's just arrived now, who who comes along to the calls, which is interesting. She's you know, she's not so in your face. But Frank, my cat, is is often on as hashtag doula cat because he turns up <laughs> every doula course that I teach and you know, lies on people's laps if he's allowed to and, you know, gives, gives a whole load of love. So, yeah. Oh, it's the best. I love it. Okay. Well, much as we love talking about the cats, <laughs> let's talk about you. I would love to really, you know, the, the opportunity I see with these conversations is really – Yes, to share it with people who are listening, because I know that listening to other people's tales of transformation is so inspiring. And it's all it's one thing for me to sit here and go, this is what's possible for you and to tell people how possible it is. But I know for other people who have yet to step into this path or to go as deep as you and I have gone with it, to hear somebody else's story is so Mm. powerful and so relatable. So that's one aspect. But the other thing is, it's just such a beautiful way for you to have it documented where you've been, where you are right now, and where you see things going. So let's go back to life before your journey of transformation started. Let's say that. Now, I want to, that doesn't feel like quite the right way to describe it because I do believe that life in its in and of itself is a transformational journey. Yeah. The intentional transformation, the transformation you've been seeking, where did that start? What was going on and, and what were you looking for? 
So I think the last 10 years of my life have been one massive transformation. Mm. And that was, um, I was kind of catapulted into it um, because I, I got divorced. Um, and it was not, you know, not what I set out. It's not what I wanted initially. But, you know, that whole process kind of opened up everything. And I think what if I, I was thinking about it before we came on the call and what I realized, uh, what I realized now that I didn't know or recognize at the time was how loud my body speaks to me. <laughs> and and nice. actually, when I did um, have awareness of, of how, how my body was telling me stuff, um, I felt a huge amount of shame about that. Um, mm. And I felt like I was really abnormal um, and and the way that it showed up particularly was in anxiety. I had yeah. crippling, crippling anxiety to the level that I was hospitalized when I was in my mid-20s um, because I was so anxious that it turned in. And this was what happened a lot. There was a repeat pattern where I would get anxious and be like, oh, no, here we go again. And then it would become just fear of the anxiety itself. It was this absolute vicious cycle. So in the end, it didn't really matter what was the trigger for me going into anxiety in the first place. I was just in it. And I was just, it, it felt like the worst roller coaster ride of your entire life where you had no sense of where the end point was. And there was no, no way of getting off. So... Mm crippling anxiety. Um, I was on the highest dose of antidepressants they could give me. And every time, you know, uh, we thought we had it sussed and there was another big anxiety blip, as I called them, um, they would just be like, all right, just up the dose. And I remember somebody very well-meaning saying to me, you definitely don't want to be talking to anybody about this because your, your brain, you're far too over-analytical. It's not going to help. And so for years and years and years, I was like, well, I mustn't speak about it. I mustn't, you know, go to any kind of talking therapy or anything like that. And so I just lived with this stuff and my wow. body got louder and louder and louder. And it was miserable. And that expression of I was surviving life, not living it was just like that ran through me like a stick of rock. Mm. Um, I just have to survive. So, um, so yes, I, I was kind of catapulted and, and, and I'm so grateful now that, that what happened happened because it meant that I had no choice but to transform. I had no mm. choice but for my life to go in a different direction from the one that I thought I was going in. And so I was on and I started talking therapies and I started listening to my body, started doing things. And it was amazing how those things showed up. You know, it, it suddenly became totally apparent that I should do yoga and I'd never done yoga before. And, you know, so started a, like a nine year love affair with yoga. And I started um, being introduced to mindfulness and meditation and things like that. And so many of those things just got me to a better place. But yeah. there was still a fair chunk missing. <laughs> the okay. anxiety was still showing up a lot. I mean, you know, two, three years after my divorce, I wasn't on the antidepressants anymore. And um, I 
that was showing up less. And so that was all good, but it was still around. And I always knew that within any year, it would it would come up at least twice, a big blip that was. Yeah. And it would last two to three weeks and it would affect my sleeping, my eating, how I showed up around my friends and my colleagues and all of that stuff and with my family. Um, mm. And it was that kind of white knuckle roller coaster ride that I described. And then our paths crossed and then things changed a lot in a very short space of time. So, yeah, we've only worked together really, what, 18 months, I think it is. And I, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, I can't quite believe that it's that who I am now it, it is just so completely different from the who I was 18 months ago, who was vastly different from that woman in 2010. Yes, and I think that's really beautiful to, to highlight because I know that when I met you, you were you were aware. Right, you were very self-aware. You were on the journey. You were open. You know, I've I've worked with so many clients who are so much further or, or earlier, let's yeah. say, earlier in their journey than where you were. So I remember this is interesting. My perspective on it when we met was I didn't know if I had anything that could help you. You know, I was like, well, she's so committed to her journey. You know, she's so aware. She's doing all this work for herself. What could I possibly have to offer to that situation? Which is so interesting now, given where we are, to yeah. um, to reflect on. And I remember that we met on a retreat mm -hmm. in Barcelona, hosted by the lovely Susie Ashworth, who we both adore. Susie Ashworth. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that when we came back from the retreat, I don't remember how long afterwards, I just remember us um, having a conversation, what would it look like to do mm. some work together? And I wonder if you recall, what was it that at that point you were looking for? Because you were already on this path where things were a lot better than they had been. What did you feel was missing? So it's funny, Laura, you asked that question because I never know what I'm looking right. for, <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and I think that played a very big part around me, particularly when I was thinking about business and stuff like that was the, I should know what I am going to be doing, uh, goal setting and all of that stuff. And I don't do that. That is not mm. how I work. And uh, I think when I came back from, from that retreat and, some mind-blowingly epic stuff had happened that you were witness to on that retreat and and it all started with a, a morning's work with you where I had realized you set us up on this this journey and everyone else was able to go on this sort of visual journey but mm. I absolutely was not I was so yeah. completely stuck around one particular thing that um that I just, I knew that there was just a huge amount of work to do around that. Um, I just, I learned to trust my instincts and I came back and I just knew that I needed to work with you. And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. I don't think I had a goal in mind. I don't. So when we do shift sessions, I often find it quite well, I now laugh because I know that I can write down all sorts of things that I would like to shift. And I know that 
completely different stuff that I've never even thought of will shift. And actually, that's perfect because it's like you move that little bit of a, you move that lever and something else completely shifts and unravels that I now never need to think about ever again. And like massive pieces can move. Yeah. And it gets to be so easy and fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm smiling so big over here. Like, I know we can see each other, but nobody else can see us. I'm literally beaming because I'm like, I love hearing this. I love it so much. And the reason I love it is because I know that early on in our time together, the conversations we were having very often were the how questions. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Tell me how to do this. I know that I want to feel like this for example. Like, yes. How do I get there? How do I do that? And yeah. And you were willing to do the work. Yeah. So yeah. you were like, give me the steps because I am ready. I'm yeah. ready to commit. I'm really oh. ready to go there. You had no fear of doing the work. Yeah. I'm hard work, Laura. I mean, you yes. know, that's also written through me, you know, like <laughs> rock. And, and, and probably part of my limiting self-beliefs too. You know, I, I'm, I'm, developing a new program for doulas at the moment so I'm I mean I'm on fire today with all of these ideas I just feel like I'm bubbling over with excitement about these these new ideas today and a lot of it is about the the stories that we tell ourselves and Mm. I work in the caring profession and the stories that go around about oh you're not allowed to earn money or professionals bad word or you know, those kind of things. Yeah. But I had all of these notions that you have to work really hard to get results, to be seen, to be valid. Yes. And now actually I'm, I just get to have a lot of fun and sit in my garden and eat my lunch and go, oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> go, oh, that's, that's the best. Work. That's a really good day's work. I had a brilliant idea in the garden at lunchtime. Right. Shall I do something for me now? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. How gorgeous. And that is definitely opposite to where you were uh, 18 months ago. So So I love that you mentioned that about the shift sessions, because Mm. I know that when we started working together, the shift sessions didn't exist. You've been through both rounds now Mm -hmm. and we are gearing up for our third coming up in November. (laughs) And what I love the most, I think about that is the fact that the first time Everybody who came through the first time was very specific around what they wanted to shift, right? They came in, they knew exactly what they wanted to shift or just generally the uh, what they wanted to experience. Mm. So they were open to discovering what needed to be shifted for that to happen. And as you said, it's always something else. Yeah. So no matter how clear you come in, like, right, this is the thing, this is the block in my life, this is the thing I need to shift in order to experience this new level of happiness or success or fulfillment or whatever it is that you're heading towards. And can you speak to that a little bit, like the unexpected things that come up and, and what that experience has been like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it was really funny coming in this time round because, you know, I had the first round uh, of experience to to show me that actually you know it doesn't really matter exactly what it is that I want it you know whatever needs to shift will shift and um we in I think it's week five you you take us through all of these questions and we mm. realize all sorts of things and it's it's an amazing journey and it really gets gets right down into 
your subconscious. And, and, you know, the thing that I took away this time round when you were doing um, the Get Unstuck sessions that, that were sort of leading us into the shift sessions, and you were talking about, like, it's only 4% is conscious. Yes. 96% of, of what we do, how we are, how we behave is, is subconscious. So, yes, so we, we got to dive in. And as we were doing it, um, you asked something about, you know, what do we want to shift? And, you know, I had all these thoughts in my head about something to do with business or relationships or money or, you know, whatever. And some <laughs> travel. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh, hi, okay, travel. This is interesting. We're in a global pandemic right now. <laughs> but going back to the anxiety picture from the beginning, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest times when anxiety showed up in my life from the year dot was travel. And, nice. um, and I held so many stories around that and so much shame about it. And when I used to go on holiday with my ex-husband, he just, he lived for holidays. He loved mm. holidays and his happiest experiences in life had been on holidays, whereas some of my unhappiest experiences in life had been on holidays. So there was me telling myself all of this stuff about holidays have to be fun. I have to be this particular person on holiday. Mm. And I would tie myself in knots and they would be, it would just be a disaster every single time. So travel came up. I was like, oh, this is really uh, unexpected and quite interesting and by the end of that session I was like well I'm signing up to go to Bali with you next year and <laughs> I'm going I'm going to Malaysia with my family to celebrate my mum's 70th birthday oh and I'm definitely booking that and I do want to go here <laughs> and it's so interesting that there was just not one iota any time in the past when I thought about travel and I you know I am a hard worker and I do the work and I go places but there's often a sort of brace feeling of, oh, God, what's mm. it like? And anticipating the anxiety. And I just had a sense of, right, no, I can do all of that. That's that's easy. That's that's brilliant. And, you know, terror of jet lag always came up. And, I mean, you know, there's still a little bit of, oh, how is that going to be? Um, I know you don't even believe in jet lag anymore. And I don't think <laughs> I'm quite there yet. But, um but yeah, that came up and that just felt really liberating to be like, oh yeah, actually now that piece of the puzzle feels so different. Um, yes. And I can give myself permission to go to the most incredible looking places in the world and experience things I wouldn't otherwise have given myself permission to do. Which is so freeing, you yeah. know, and it's like, and, and it doesn't mean, oh, well, now I have to. <laughs> it's like, actually, now I have the freedom, you know, like it's that thing. I mean, like being in a global pandemic where travel has not been on the cards. For me, as somebody who is a travel holic, if that's a word, it is now, <laughs> it has been really difficult for me mm. to know that just getting on a plane, you know, I've had three lots of travel so far not happen. And that has been the most difficult piece for me. And so to know or to even contemplate the idea of not wanting to do that, mm. like the liberation in being able to know, actually, I can, if I choose and I want that and that desire comes up for me, I'm not limited in any way by the ability to say yes to that. Yeah. So, and there's so much excitement. You know, I'm 
this is such a global community that that you've created and you know so I've met a lot of extraordinary people who are in America for example yeah and I just found myself thinking the other day oh I'd just like to pop across to California and spend some time with that person and then yeah. you know go up the road and meet that I'm just like sorry who is this person in my head <laughs> thinking these things because yeah that was just not the way that I acted or thought or behaved before yeah and how does it feel now when you hear yourself or notice yourself thinking those things it feels really exciting. <laughs> I feel all kind of um, buzzy and just open, just open. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you you said to me a lot from, from the early days was it gets to be light and fun and easy. Mm. And that was not my experience growing up. I yeah. have a, a father who is by nature a catastrophizer. So he will always see the negative potential. And at Christmas, for example, my, my parents came up to stay and we wanted to go up to St. We're not particularly religious, but we wanted to go up to St. Paul's Cathedral to Christmas Eve to this beautiful like choral service. And um, there was a bit of a delay on the on the tube when we were the, the underground train when we were going up there, and um, and my dad immediately was like, "Oh, we're not going to be able to get in. You know, there's so many people are going to want to be there." And I just turned to him and said, "Dad, it gets to be easy. It gets to be light. It gets to be fun." So we queued up outside St Paul's Cathedral with you know thousands of people, and we were quite far down a queue, and I thought you know, brief moment entertained that it wasn't going to happen. And then I was like, <laughs> no, it gets to be light and it gets to be fun and it gets to be easy. We were one of the last groups to be let into the cathedral. And so then, you know, I thought, well, we're going to be right at the back. We're not going to be able to see anything. This pathway opened. Someone said, please, could you come right down to the front? And we sat underneath the dome, literally in the second row, able to see absolutely everything and the acoustics in there were just incredible oh and it was just the most magical moment and I turned to my dad and said see it gets light and fun and easy and he was like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) and I bet um well I'm saying I'm projecting here when I say this but my dad is similar so if we tell my dad we're going anywhere he's already even if it's three months away he's already worrying about where we're going to park or whether we're going to get a parking space. (laughs) And so whenever I do things like that, I'll just turn up at the last minute and I'll always get the closest space, obviously. And he will always just turn to me and say, well, you're lucky. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't light something for him in like, oh, well, maybe, you know, this is possible for me too. It's just, oh yeah, well, you're lucky. So um, yes. So I wondered if that's a similar vibe for your dad or if it managed to, um, how he feels, how did he respond to that? Well, he didn't say very much. He can be a man of few words, but um, yeah, he certainly had a very lovely experience. So Yeah, I love it so much. It's so gorgeous. I don't think I remember that story. I think I remember pieces of it, but not that full um, description. It's so gorgeous. So tell us about now, right? We've been on this journey together. You've Mm. been on your own journey and then we've been on our shared journey for around 18 months now, which has included some one-on-one work. We've been in person a couple of times and you have been through two rounds of the shift sessions. What does life look like now? Um, Well, um, I think the really exciting thing is that I feel 
like I get to choose how my life looks. Mm. And so, as I said at the start, I run Nurturing Birth. And all of those ideas I had around business when I came in, you know, was that business is hard and it's going to take up all my time and it's going to take me away from my family and it will be exhausting and people will need to be on eggshells around me. Like I have, I have been given permission to totally rewrite that script. Mm. And so nurturing birth gets to be the business that I want it to be. And my, my desire is that it's a business that is entirely heart-centered and community-driven and about a team, a loving, supportive, connecting team. There's no sitting up in an ivory tower, you know, issuing diktats or whatever and telling people what to do and, and, you know, the boss being the person who just fires people or shouts at people or whatever. It gets to be the loving, supportive, nurturing environment that I want it to be and I get to choose how much work I do and I get to work that around my family um and and that is really really special and I think you know the the beliefs that I have around myself are so different now that I can just be myself rather than feeling like I've got to behave in a particular way and I can be totally vulnerable with my team and ask for help. And I seem to have let go of that dreadful illness, comparisonitis, which was mm. again crippling me. And imposter syndrome, which was everywhere, again, could have been my middle name, really. That doesn't show up so much anymore. I mean, you know, I'm human, so it does from time to time. Yeah. But I think the thing is I see stuff so much quicker so you know if something comes in which in the past would have triggered me into horrific anxiety I see it I might feel a temporary blip and I'm talking minutes and hours rather than days weeks and months um Mm. so yeah I just feel I feel so much more settled in myself and I get to just show up and be of service in the way that feels authentic and Right, and all the jargon that people say around that. But, you know, it's true. I get to, I get to choose how I show up, and, and I just love that. Yes, and it sounds so graceful, you know, like the energy of it is so it, – we talk a lot about being in the masculine and the feminine. What does that mean? What does that look like? And really, you know, there's a big desire for that. I, it feels to me in this online space right now, there's a big desire for the exploration of that. And it feels like you are the embodiment of that right now, yeah. which is, okay, what does that for, you know, you, the way you are talking about how inspired you are and the energy of things and how quickly you can let things come and go and recognize and be vulnerable and ask for help. I think it's so important to allow ourselves to be supported and to be able to practice the act of receiving yeah. on all levels. Yeah. And I think the really important piece in here is about the body and about how I have, and I think, you know, the key essence really is, is I've learned to listen to my body. My body is so good at showing me what it wants and what it doesn't want. And, you know, I spent so many years fighting against that. And now I don't so much. I know when something feels good. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, I just, 
I just go with it. And that's so liberating. And I feel so, I mean, you and I have so many shared things in our lives, but yeah. I had, I had um, chronic fatigue syndrome for seven years in my um, like early 20s. I was really, really ill and I lost so much faith in my body. So for me, mm. saying I totally trust what my body's telling me yes. is massive, really massive. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've talked about that here on this podcast yet, but it's definitely a, a conversation I want to have. And mm. that experience of having some something in your body, you know, our shared experience with the, was with the chronic fatigue syndrome. But I know so many people experience so many things that limit their energy. And when you have that very real experience, and especially at the time we both had that experience where at the time it wasn't really very well known or understood and there was a lot of stigma around it and there's so much to allow yourself to absorb because you're being told by experts in the air quotes, you know, like it's, oh, okay, well, this is what's possible for me then. This is all I can ever expect. This is the path that I now am restricted to because- Mm -hmm blah, blah, blah. And it's been so interesting to witness you in turning those beliefs and stories and experiences around, because I know that that was work I had to do for myself Yeah, way back when, before I could allow myself to really step into a role as a leader. I would have had, even saying that word would have been difficult for me before, because I was like, oh, I wouldn't be able to hold space for, you know, I don't have the... uh, it would just result in burnout in my mind yes, to lead exactly. or hold anything. Yeah. And that's, you know, my work, your work, we, we do, we hold the space. I, I talk about yeah. that a lot with, with doulas and the energetic um, aspect of that is huge, absolutely huge. So to do it safely and well and to recognize my energetic limits and to mm. tools that I can use to kind of, call back my energy which is something that we do together so important yes. and it's now something that I just automatically kind of talk about with my students with people who yes. come and train with me you know we we just do that work together um yeah naturally so good and so I wonder now like with you where you're at on your journey and this is another thing you know I don't believe there's ever a oh we've arrived we're here now fully transformed (laughs) I would love to know there's two things I really want to know and the first one is how do you see the transformation you have experienced how do you see it either impacting others or how do you see it showing up in others around you it's extraordinary like I don't need to do anything it just it, it just seems to be a ripple, a ripple effect. I remember that there have been a couple of occasions when we've done some work and then literally half an hour later, the phone has rung and it's been my son saying, mum, I just feel totally different today. Like the, this thing that has been hanging over me for the last however many weeks, months is totally gone and I'm I feel like I can do this, that, and the other. So I'm aware, like, and and that's happened so many times now where, you know, people in my team or my family um, have just, they've experienced a shift just from me doing the work myself. And it's not that I've sat at the table and said, well, darlings, today I did this and you need to think about, you know, breath work or pulling your energy back or, you know, subconscious transformation. Um, It's just... It's it's that ripple, ripple effect. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, I see it all the time and I can't help but this stuff ripple through into the teaching. I, I, I really struggle to call it teaching, but I facilitating <laughs> that I do, the holding the space that I do, this stuff naturally is flowing flowing through to the the doulas and and therefore it's informing our community and what we're doing next and the support that we all offer and it feels like everybody is just rising and growing together and Mm. I know I absolutely know that I will never arrive there is always the next layer and you know version 423 of Sophie Brigstock to come um so yeah, I'm just excited. I love it. And the the shift sessions, I remember a couple of people, you know, the skeptics before round yes. two saying, well, why would you round one people need to come back and do it again? Because you've done it. Yeah. And, and actually that's the whole point is that, you know, you've, you've cleared a layer and you've become, you know, Laura version five and, and then you go through and you get to be version six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and um yes. and the, the the transformations that I've seen in the group as well, you know, are just mind blowing. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mind blowing. A life a life changing on so many levels. Totally, it, totally. It, yeah. I love it. And I just had this lovely vision as you were just talking about how the work that you do without needing to like literally speak it or pass it on in that way, how it ripples out to Ooh. the people in your world, in your business, the doulas. And then I had this vision of it, you know, how it ripples through that obviously they're supporting families yeah. and new life. And it's that, you know, everything I know and we know about the, how the, the consciousness forms that when new life is supported in that way, the beautiful start that that provides. So yeah. knowing that that's the piece for me that uh, why I do this work and why it's so magnificent to me is that when I hear something like this from somebody in your shoes doing this work I could never reach those people without your shoes you know like I need these avenues so that we all I really do believe we're all contributing to healing the global consciousness and this is your translation yeah and you know that's that's my my entire vision is that every Every baby coming into the world arrives to to parents who are well supported, and so that there is love and bonding and connection. And you know, if that happens, I'm I'm aware of of the massive difference and the implication that has to to people globally. That you know, the global. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, totally. And you know, I felt some sadness originally when I had to step back from so much one-to-one work with with clients myself but now I feel like I get to work with all of these amazing doulas who get to reach people I never would have been able to yes so yeah I just it just it passes on it passes on it passes on. it does I love that it does it's so gorgeous I love it too and I can totally relate to that like when I went from when I realized earlier this year that one-to-one work was going to be not a thing I was available for anymore Mm. that was really hard you know I mean you know let's just very very clear (laughs) on the record (laughs) but it was it was really hard to face that because I was oh but I love you know I love seeing those things but what I was also aware of in that and I don't know if you can relate to this but was my desire to keep doing one-on-one work was not only keeping me where I was but it was also it was it was kind of cocooned in ego 
because the reason I wanted to do that was because I wanted to see their transformation. I was hooked on their transformations. Yeah. So it's interesting. In my case, my body started shouting at me so loud that I Mm. couldn't carry on. It was extraordinary what was what was happening which was like yeah we know you love this stuff but no you're not meant to be doing this right now you're meant to be doing something else and wow I, in the end I just had to say okay I'm listening I'm I'm not going to be going to some births for a while um because mm. I need to focus on supporting other people to go to births people who are a little bit younger than me perhaps in a lot of you know instances and have energy and like being up all night which I quite <laughs> like my sleep so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the second thing I wanted to ask, which comes off the back of this, is we've spoken in depth about the fact that sometimes we come into a situation where we want to create a shift and we're specifically talking about the subconscious shifts here. What is it that as we come towards round three of the shift sessions and you will be coming through that round three with me, are you aware, how do you feel about coming towards that? Is there something that you're coming in thinking, this is what I'd love to shift this time, knowing that probably it might not go that way. Is there an intention there or are you just open to the experience? What's your feeling around that right now? I think I'm just open to what's going to come because I just trust that there will be a shift and whatever shifts will move other stuff. Um, So I don't need to come in with a, you know, fully formed purpose and, and, um, you know, the how. Um, I'm just coming in and, enjoying the ride oh my goodness can you imagine saying that when I'd asked you at round one if I'd have asked you at round one what's your intention what would your answer have been then (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) well yes well talking of versions yeah, I just, you know, well, I think coming into round one, actually, I, I was probably much more open minded than I would have been if we hadn't, you know, we did that mm. six months of one to one work together. So I already had a sense, I think, of like how random this journey can be and the extraordinary yes. shifts. So, um, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's so funny. I know that Shayna, who is also in our, on this journey with us, mm. posted this gorgeous status yesterday on Facebook. And I, I'm not going to be able to paraphrase it correctly, but it was along the lines of, um, you know, how far back in your past would you have to go to find a version of you who is unrecognizable from the version of you now? Yeah. Um, and that was so fascinating for me because I was like, wow, like three months feels like far enough but then when I really went back I was like wow if I went back to 2010 when I was a teacher before I handed my notice in there's no way I'd have been able to see to now yeah well that was but then when I was the that was yes 2010 was was like that version of me kind of just coming into my divorce and um you know changing everything um just if she saw me today I don't think she would possibly believe it was the same person yeah. And, and that's and then, what I hear from, that's the feedback that I get from my friends, my family. Yes. You know, it's like, oh my word, you know, a, my what my family say is they feel like they've got Sophie back, which is interesting, but also, you know, that, I don't know, it's that sort of coming to life and yeah, feeling like truly in wow. myself. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And so free, you know, so free to just be who you are in each moment. So obviously the next question that has to be asked there is how far do you feel like you could see into the future before perhaps Sophie version, whatever number we want to invite into this party, where do you, how far in the future do you think you could see before it became unrecognizable again? Oh, you know, that's a really difficult question because I think the work that we've done has made me realize that time is not linear. Time is an extraordinary (laughs) concept. So, I mean, it could be tomorrow. It could be in 15 years' time. But, yeah, I'm excited for the me in 10 years' time who gets to look back at this me and and the one, you know, 10 years previous and and see the the changes and the developments because I, I only see positive things. I love that. And, you know, I think it's so important. I was thinking about this before, like the kind of question that you often hear in this kind of conversation is, if you could go back to yourself in 2010, you know, what advice would you have? And I I always find that impossible to answer because I I don't think I would have given any different advice other than the journey that I have had, because that's what brings us to where we are in this moment in time. Yeah, I have (laughs) no regrets. I, um, you know, people, people ask me that all the time. I, I fully and firmly believe that all of my life experiences were perfect. They have brought me to who I am today and yeah. everything happens at the right time. I really believe that. And, yeah, so it's it's helped to, to form the version of me that's here today. Yeah, I love that. And I'm so glad that we get to continue this journey together because <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Sarah I would love to ask you just to close out um obviously the title of the podcast is the get unstuck podcast because one of the biggest things that people say to me and what was really interesting I haven't spoken about that here yet when I was naming this podcast our mastermind group I know I went to the mastermind group I was like oh we're gonna call it the get unstuck podcast there was mixed feeling in there because some of the group were saying oh I don't connect stuck as being something I would relate to your work at all. And I know that people, before they come into my world, they come in because they do feel stuck. Mm. So I wonder if somebody was to describe feeling stuck to you, not, and I'm just not necessarily a past version of you, what advice would you give them in terms of what would be the first step for them to start the process of beginning to see things differently and maybe maybe be able to be open to the kind of journey you've taken? Oh, that's a really good question. And I'm not sure I have an answer. Um, Mm. For me, Get Unstuck was the perfect choice. And we have a a phrase that often comes up in the the shift sessions groups, which is called in the goo. Um, Mm. And, and it is all about a metamorphosis it is that it, it came from that that notion that when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon they completely disintegrate and become goo before they can become the butterfly and like you need to be in the goo sometimes mm. you've just got to be in the goo for that metamorphosis to happen so I'm really happy to just hold space for people whilst they're stuck and just say I see you I see you and I'm the other side, so maybe I'm shining some light and, you know, a little bit of inspiration. And there are some amazing tools in the toolkit mm. to help you to 
recognize where you're at and perhaps move out of the goo slightly quicker um yeah so yeah I what I have now which I didn't have before um and and has been accumulated over this last 10 years is this huge array of different tools that I can reach for and you know when I'm really really stuck people I can reach out to and say I am in the goo help me because they will be able to say well have you tried this tool (laughs) yes oh my goodness I love that because and that's so important because it's all very well having a toolkit if you're not reaching for it it's useless so I love that you say that about the community because that's the bit that's the thing I love the most is the tools are all incredible, but it's the energy of the community that is coming together that is mind-blowingly transformational yeah, as far as I can absolutely. see. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, if you're in a container, you're, you are all influenced and affected by the energy that's created and shared. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things in, in the shift sessions is, is that you do witness people having like like mega transformations. Yes. And um, there have been times when I can look at them and go, hmm. Why is that not happening for me? Yeah. Not recognizing the unbelievable shifts that are happening in my own life. Yes. But, you know, the ripple again of what, what they're experiencing kind of affects us all and helps us yeah. get out of the goo quicker and, you know, so, yeah. It totally does. It's all part of it. And I think yeah. it is important there to to also, one of the things I have, have found myself really wanting to emphasize to people when we are in those early weeks of the shift sessions and because some people go into those deep, deep shifts very, very fast. Mm. And it's just the intention of I'm walking this path opens them up to something. Yeah. And so what starts to happen is huge, huge life changes start to happen. And other people in the group are looking around going, why isn't that happening for me? <laughs> like you said, and it, and it's it's real and it's valid. And I think one of the most gorgeous things to notice and what I have witnessed now so powerfully is the fact that sometimes it's not the big like thunderbolt and lightning changes and shifts that have the biggest impact. Sometimes it's the tiny, almost indetectable, undetectable, I don't know which one it is, <laughs> whispers that run the deepest. Mm. And that has been one of my biggest learnings in just holding space for this journey for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Thank you so much, Sophie, for sharing this current snapshot of your journey. I'm sure if we were to do this again in another 18 months from now, we'd have a completely different tale to tell. <laughs> so I hope you'll come back. And I would love to invite you just to share where could people, people who might want to come and find out more about your doula work, people who want to just follow your journey and what happens next for you, where should they come and connect with you? Oh, thank you. Um, Yes, so I'm at Nurturing Birth. So our website is nurturingbirth.co.uk. We're on Instagram at nurturing underscore birth and we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. And yeah, I I talk on there a fair bit. Um, And uh, yeah, love chatting to people. So if anyone's interested in anything to do with doulas, then get in touch. Love it. Thank you so much, Sophie. I have loved having this conversation and I can't wait to see what happens after this next round. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, me too. (laughs) Thank you so much. I so appreciate you spending time here at the Gunstuck podcast today and you are in the perfect, perfect moment in time because starting on Monday, we have my free week-long subconscious transformation coaching event taking place 
and I have a spot reserved with your name on it. Simply come to www.thegetunstucksessions.com and I will see you there.